welcome to episode 179 of Respawning Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast from Affable Idiots. I am Chad Michaelinis. I'm just kidding. I'm holding the part up, but that's Chad Michaelinis right there. Don't say your name. Don't say anything. Just acknowledge and wave, okay? Wave. Shit, I said wave. Oh, God damn it! All right. Well, we've also got the dreamiest fan base of all time joining us from all over the world right now. Every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, put us in your ears with your favorite podcast service or put us in your eyes by searching for Respawning Fire on YouTube. That's right. We've gone into the third dimension with 2D video. And if you want to add the fourth dimension of time, you can do it by watching us record it live on twitch.tv slash Affable idiots. That's a forward slash, by the way, not a backslash, just in case you know. No one you need to know has that. ever used a backslash ever in their lives. <laughs> <laughs> Every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, like we're doing right now. Today's episode is brought to you by Affable Idiots, which we'll tell you about later on in the episode. That's it for the housekeeping. We've got a, you know, there's just not a lot of news this week. I mean, we, we don't, nothing really happened. I thought you said that's a Wachowski thing. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking Wachowski about? Thing? <laughs> it's a Matrix? Yeah, absolutely. This is a Matrix thing. Um, but just some, like, information about launch details for a next-gen console that's not the Xbox Series X. I don't know. Like, it's not huge stuff. We didn't get a price. We didn't get any launch games. Hold we on. I don't think you know what, what big fucking deal means. I don't know what happened this week at all. I'm just winging it right now. Oh I have my no God. idea what I'm talking about. And also some, like company bought another small studio um chad what games are you playing this week let's start with that this is winging it yeah yeah it's chicken wing hey we're playtiming right now hi hi that was a fast speedy intro just to get into it you said i actually i really do want to talk about the really important huge news that i was being facetious about a second ago i can't wait to talk about it i want to get there yeah i'm very fascist about it yeah I played two things. One, of note, Marvel's Avengers. Why is this of note? Because it's great. Two, I remote played it from my iPad while I was at a beach house all week. That's dope. Technology. 2020 isn't all bad. Two, Super Mario 3D All-Stars holding came out on Frytog. Friday, Friday. Gonna get down on Friday. I booted that little booty up on my little Nintendo Swatch. I went, beep, boop, 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 scoop, doo. Mario and Mario said, "Wow, it's a me!" And I jumped right into Super Mario 64. I have played 64 before, and it's been over a decade. I have played Super Mario Sunshine zero times, and I've played Super Mario Galaxy when it came out. It has been over a decade. I jumped right back into Super Mario 64, and I said, "I'm just gonna touch this. I'm just gonna touch my little toes in the water here, just to just to you know experience it again on Switch. And then I'm gonna go play Sunshine. And then I got 30 stars, and I cleared out completely 100%ed the first <laughs> four worlds. And I said, I can't, I can't just touch this. So I'm I'm a BD in 64 right now, as I say, balls deep in 64. Can I tell you? I forgot. I didn't forget." Mario's face in the beginning of Super Mario 64, how you can kind of like pull on it in different directions. I always thought as a kid that was really yeah. kind of funny and, and haha. And now looking at it, I was like, that's the mo- one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you can disfigure Mario, kids. Let's do yeah. it together. And it's like a, a terrifying low poly version of Mario as well. You mentioned something really important when you introduced talking about Mario All Stars. I wanted to just touch upon because this and is a big was, deal. It was Mario Sunshine, right? That's what was really important. It- no, what's really important is that like I didn't know that the Swatch could handle Super Mario All Stars. That's a yeah. big jump for a watch to take. Right. Well, that's and, like, how they a really to cheap watch as well from the Apple Watch and the new Galaxy Wear series. Yeah, you <clears> could <throat> just play 3D All Stars on your wrist yeah. on a timepiece. Great idea. 
Yeah. Great idea. Um, I took a similar approach to you where I'm like, I'm just going to dip in. Like, similar approach. I went to dip into each of the games just to kind of get past the like first level tutorial kind of stuff where it's like, welcome to the castle. I'm going to make you a cake. And I'm like, I don't want to <laughs> see that stuff. I just want to get past it. <laughs> Your Princess Peach impression is my favorite thing. <laughs> it was welcome 100% accurate. I'm going to make the you a castle. cake. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that for 64. I did that for Sunshine, and I did that for Galaxy, and then I'm like, and then I'm going to go back, and I'm going to go through all of them in order, 64, Sunshine, then Galaxy, and then I just got to playing Galaxy for the first time ever, my God, oh, it's so you popped your Galatari. It is awesome. It's fantastic. I absolutely love it. I thought that the, th- the kind of spherical walking around a planet, kind of being upside down, would kind of... St- be nauseating in a way or like too much to to handle because 3d platformers can be kind of tough sometimes and thinking about space and how far things are away it works so perfectly i think i believe in magic it's incredible yeah i'm this i'm just the so first in love on this episode it. your assumptions are going to come to bite you in the butt <laughs> <laughs> does it get ridiculous later on uh no that game is that game is fantastic it is gr8 okay uh, conversely, so then, Super Mario 64 controls like a trash bag in the wind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Just the camera specifically? They oh didn't update the camera God. at all. Like, nope. it is clunky as hell. And it, you can't go up and down. You can basically only go left and right at fixed angles, not even a continuous like, angle. It's really yep. not fantastic. And did you not can go well. in a circle to the right at those couple of times, and then you hit a wall. And for some reason, you can't rotate anymore. But if you go all the way back yeah. around to the left, you can get to where you were trying to get. <laughs> and just Mario, like running in general, like him controlling him when you're running forward, and then you want to try to also go backwards, and he like does a little circle. Like you can't just stop, stare in front of you, and then turn around. You have to like walk yeah. in a circle. But let me tell you, Super Mario sixty four, all those fucking the the thing I love about Super Mario World and all the Super Mario games that that do this. Super Mario 3 did it a little bit, but uh, like the secrets, all the secrets, the mm-hmm. the castle stars, the oh, if you jump into this thing, if you do a backflip into this picture, something else happens. If, all of that shit is just like dripping in Super Mario 64, and I've rediscovered my love of it. <laughs> I've never before finding... gotten 120 stars, but I think I'm going to this time. And I'm you can a do it. quarter of the way there already, and I've only played like three hours. John at Pixel Street Podcast says he can do it in one sitting, and apparently he did that stream. I don't know how it turned out. I, I, I need to ask him. He's going to post a video about it. So I want to see that. I want to see that happen. So apparently it's possible. If he can do that, you can do it too, Chad. I believe in you. Galaxy doesn't have, at least just from what I've seen so far, it doesn't seem to have those same level of secrets so far. It seems much more linear than the other 3D Mario games. I don't remember, really. I... Th- there's remember. a pretty fixed path through each level. I guess that's true in 64 and Sunshine as well, though. I mean, 64 definitely does lead you through that, but then there's there's secret secrets. Mm-hmm. Either way, they're fantastic games. Yeah. I do want to touch on whether or not we feel like $60 for emulated versions of these games is a fair deal. Yeah, it is. <laughs> just shut I up think yeah, so it too. Is. shut up eat it these could have come out they they could have like done 
5% more work on them to make them actually updated for Switch and charge $60 a piece for them. So just be glad you got three of them in a bundle for 60 bucks. <laughs> I've, I've been seeing a lot of like oh typical nintendo selling us back i'm like they're selling you basically a mario game for 20 dollars a piece in one collection yeah that's that alone is a really good deal also companies tend to price things not necessarily by how much money they spent making the product but by the demand of how much people will spend on the product and for all the people saying gosh i'm just getting it anyway because i love mario but like fuck you nintendo i'm like yes you bought it still that proves it was the right price if even you yep. who's very upset about it being bundled like that is still spending 60 bucks it was, that means it was the right price um the price is right it's not, as they say the price is right exactly so and also i think a lot of people haven't played sunshine or or maybe haven't even played mario 64 I think Galaxy's probably the most played of those three games. But you think so? for all of them, there's well, the Wii was the most <laughs> successful of the Nintendo of those three consoles. Yeah, 64, but even like Game Nintendo Cube fanboys and... like yourself didn't play Galaxy on Wii, but you did play Nintendo sixty four or you did play Super Mario sixty four, whether it was through virtual console or on the system itself. I played it on DS. I never played the sixty four version actually. Galaxy was never um, on DS. Yeah, but there's a hundred million Wii's that were sold, and you would need to combine the N64 and the GameCube, and then like double that, and then you'd be at the Wii's. But also remember, Super Mario 64 point. was on Virtual Console on Wii. That's so fair. That adds 100 That's million fair. more people who could have played it. And there's we'll no see. overlap between any of those systems. I don't know. <clears throat> um, either way, yeah, it's a good deal. It's a really good deal. I'm happy with it. Did you have anything you wanted to elaborate on with Marbles Avengers? Marbles, no. Marbles Avengers. Marbles Avengers. Uh, no, I just <laughs> wanted to give another plug for PlayStation Remote Play on an iPad, and it was fucking great. So, your mom. Well, I wasn't kidding about wanting to get to those really boring and not important oh, and all new it. stories later let's on. Let's get to so it. So, I played Animal Crossing. I played Fall Guys. You know those games are. Let's move Wait, 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 on. wait, wait. You guys played Fall Guys oh, for Chad. Game Night while I was sick. Did anyone crown? Yeah. We had some close ones, I think, but I don't Aww, think anyone crowned. No crowns. Dallas, no, you're in the chat. I, I, I can see you right remember. now. Anyone crown on Thursday? We're not going to wait for him to respond. Oh, we'll continue, yeah. and I'll let you know if he responds. Moving on to the fetch quests where we... Speaking of Nintendo, <laughs> I <laughs> didn't want to include this story, but like I had to because it's so stupid. <laughs> this is such a dumb story. Do you remember Nintendo when we used to have like a what a potato or a stupid game story potato? of the week? <laughs> like that yeah, we included the, just because it was so stupid. This is that story this week. Nintendo confirms it has new hardware planned, but offers very few details. Whoa, Nintendo's working on a new system? Here are the details we know about it. It will use a Nintendo account. Wow, I can't wait. <laughs> and it will offer ways to, quote, surprise customers and deliver unique experiences and not just, quote, chase the latest technology trends. What a story. Wow. What a story. Whoa. I know what this is. You know, Jordan um, Allman at IGN, there was a ton of shit that happened last week, and that's what you decided <laughs> you had to go with. <laughs> <laughs> Dallas says no, no made the crown, but Holden made it past the first match a few times, and that's oh, true. Man, I was, proud of you. I wish I'd have been there to see it. Was it. Very, it's like when you're at work and your kid impressive. takes his first steps, and you're like, oh fuck, I miss that, <laughs> and I'll never be able to get that back. 
Uh, moving on from that really stupid Nintendo story, obviously they're working on new hardware. There's already probably conversations about PlayStation 6 at Sony right now. Oh, fuck me. No, there's not. That's impossible. They can't even get <laughs> PS5 out. Yeah. More, more on that later. Uh, moving on, though. Oculus Quest 2 released this October for $299. It also plans to phase out the Rift headset next year. Both those stories come from Ben Reeves at Game Informer. Uh, Chad, what do you think of that? Uh, not a fan of Oculus hardware because it is owned by Facebook and now is very heavily yep. integrating Facebook, and I do not want anything to do with Facebook. And I'm, after I finally will reluctantly watch that thing that you told me to watch on Netflix, I probably will delete my Instagram as well because it's related to Facebook. But also, Alta Balta, Alto, Age of Ultron, Oliver Twist, um, Oculus Quest 2... Most people just see, oh, it's cheaper than the original and it has upgraded visuals, and then they buy it. And they're like, this is great. But if you actually read, there's an Ars Technica review of it that is like, this, we do not recommend this headset as your, first VR he- as your next VR headset. Uh, and it is terrible for all of these reasons. And I was like, you sent that article to the group chat, and I totally forgot to read it. What were some of the points? I'm actually very curious. Uh, so a lot of it has to do with build quality. It, the Oculus oh, Quest okay. 1 used to had mm-hmm. apparently a much more comfortable strap system where this one is now incredibly cheap. So like all the corners they had to cut to make it a hundred bucks cheaper. Okay. Um, the tracking on the controllers on the, the little halo on the inside of the track, the controllers, the original ones, first of all, they had like a texture, which made them easier to ho- easier to hold, but they cut the number of IR sensors in half. So it actually has oh, worse tracking. Oh, that's a bad on. idea. And the reviewer at Ars Technica played Beat Saber with both sets of controllers, flipped them back and forth, and he said he was continually hitting, uh, getting a lot more misses on the new controllers. Um, the visuals got an upgrade. I don't remember the exact pixel density or anything like that, but it went from two OLED screens to one single LED screen. Um, <laughs> and it's, I, and it like it does the you know the the pupil distance that you can adjust. Separately on they got rid of that Quest. too. They got rid of that, and they're like trying to fake it with software on the new one, or like you have to nudge it in just the right way. Like has a few kind of fixed settings. Uh, apparently, all around it is like a downgrade if you actually look into each of the individual components. Um, the but, most upsetting one, I think, is actually the reduced sensors. Yeah. The the built-in tracking is great conceptually. It still doesn't work as well as having external cameras that can look kind of fully around you. It works well enough, keyword enough, but it's not as good as the external sensors. And to have a system that already wasn't as good as what it was replacing and then reducing it by half is a really bad idea. Especially, based on the second story, that they plan to phase out the Rift headsets. Yeah, this is the primary Oculus Quest 2 and Oculus Link are going to be the way of the future if you want to play PC VR. Like, they will just be the headset to the PC. Rather than having dedicated standalone, he- not standalone, dedicated headsets for PC VR. This opens up PS VR 2 to really steal the thunder of VR even more than it already has. Yep. Because I'm sure Sony's not going to skimp out on, on it. But like you with an iPhone notch, like you said you would never own a phone with a notch, I have pledged to never own a VR headset from Facebook. So uh, <laughs> I will never own an Oculus piece of hardware. And I don't plan to ever break that promise. You're more justified in your stance, though, than I was in the notch stance. I stand yeah, by that the notch is incredibly isn't... silly. <laughs> <laughs> the notch is just an odd design move when you first hear about it, but when you use the phone and realize, oh, this isn't a big deal at all, 
I don't even think about the knives. It changes completely, like within five minutes of owning a device. But um, I'll never be like, you know, this headset sucks more, but it's okay because Facebook's stealing my data and tracking everything I do in VR. So it's totally cool. <laughs> it's 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 totally worth it. Yep. Um, yeah, that's a bummer. Uh, what's also a bummer is GameStop's to close around another 100 stores this year. This comes from Alex Calvin at PC Games Insider. I hope all y'all who have a pre-order at a GameStop <laughs> hope your store's still open. <laughs> I think that's not going to be an issue. Like, let's say the store I pre-ordered it get they sort of closed. They'll move the pre-orders to another store. God, I hope so. And I hope I that think store because they, they technically close to you. GameStop has already bought those consoles. Like, whenever they, I used to work at a GameStop that was closed, and they took all the inventory that was at that store and then just dispersed it to different stores in the area. I can't imagine they wouldn't do that for pre-orders as well. But we'll we'll find out because sometimes companies are are terrible. Yeah. I would be really devastated if that did happen. I'm just being optimistic, and I just don't want it to happen. So I'm going to put my head in the sand and say it's not going to happen. It's going to be great. <laughs> November 12th is going to be a great day. I didn't say that date that we're going to talk about later on. That's just supposed to be a surprise. <laughs> Microsoft isn't jacking up the price for Xbox Series X controllers, hey. says Brent McIndowski at Destructoid. They're going to be $60. Chad, you had a very uh, good reason as to why this is true. Uh, yeah, because not much is changing. They're adding a button for sharing because they should have done that a trillion years ago. Uh, but they don't have all that sexy, sexy, dual sense haptic technology in it. So, of, of, fucking, of course, they're not going to raise the price of it because they're not doing anything to the controllers. Aside from swapping out the D-pad and getting texture on the triggers. So Those bumps are got to be expensive. They have to, like, hand chisel them out. It's true. Well, they don't actually chisel. Yeah. They actually take pieces of plastic, chunks of plastic. They chew it up in their <laughs> mouths, and then they spit little beads of it onto the triggers, and then they use a blow dryer to dry it onto it. Oh, I thought it was a simpler process. I thought they just took dipping dots and just, like, stuck it onto the triggers. No, and no it's one actually, knows the difference. it's the candy dots, you know, like the wax paper. Oh, nerds? The candy dots. No, they're, they're called candy dots. Not the candy called oh, dots. Now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. dots like aren't shoot. dots; they're 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 more cone shaped, right? And they're aren't gummy. They? But these are the ones that are like stuck yeah. on the paper, and they took those, licked the back of them like a stamp, and then put it onto the trigger. And then again, the blow dryer. Mm-hmm. Blow dryer is a very important part of that. Yeah, and but you tested everyone for COVID before they licked that and put it on your controller. Just to be they actually very clear. didn't because it was going to take more than three days to ship to you, and it can't live on a surface <laughs> for more than three days. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to move on to the Microsoft Quest log now, speaking of Microsoft, because this story is pretty fucking huge. It's big. It's a big old it's story. It's big. Uh, so, all right. Microsoft acquires Bethesda Softworks in a $7.5 billion deal. This comes from Nicole Carpenter at Polygon. Um, we are There's a lot of questions, I think, around what this deal means still, but we have a pretty good um, idea of what's we have we have somewhat of an idea of what's going on. So basically, all Bethesda games will be coming to Game Pass on Xbox and PC for day one, just in, in every time in the future. That's awesome. The purchase also brings the number of Microsoft's creative uh, studio teams from fifteen studios to twenty three studios, which is also just really fantastic for for Microsoft. So this is awesome. Um, that said, Bethesda's ga- um, blah, Bethesda Softworks games will continue to be self-published, Brianna Reeves at PlayStation Lifestyle says. Actually, Brianna Reeves didn't say it. She's quoting Pete Hines, who in an open letter Not said, you, we're, still- 
We're still Bethesda. We're still working on the same games we were yesterday, made by the same studios we've worked with for years, and those games will be published by us. So basically, the branding for Bethesda is not really going away. Um, what that means for like E3s or Bethesda E3 showcase still, I have no idea, but we'll find out. Um, and then Jason Schreier tweeted out an article that he wrote with uh, Dina Bass at Bloomberg. Um, and the, the important thing to highlight is kind of what he tweeted out. Um, to answer the question everyone is asking, which is about exclusive Bethesda games on Xbox and whether that's going to be how that's going to work, Phil Spencer um, tells Dina Bass that Xbox plans to honor the PS5 exclusivity commitment for Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo. Future Bethesda games will be on Xbox, PC, and other consoles on a case-by-case basis. Um, and then in a smaller thing that's, um, I think it's still important to talk about, then we'll discuss everything. Bethesda teases the largest engine overhaul, and Todd Howard gets adorably mushy, says Liana Rupert at Game Informer. Quick quote here, then we'll talk about it. With each new, this is a quote from Todd Howard. With each new console cycle, we evolved together from bringing mods to consoles with Fallout 4, now over a billion downloads, to the latest technologies fueling Xbox Series X slash S. These new systems are optimized for the vast worlds we love to create, with generational leaps not just in graphics, but CPU and data streaming as well. It's led to our largest engine overall since Oblivion, with all new technologies powering our first new IP in 25 years, Starfield, as well as The Elder Scrolls VI. Technically, it says The Elder Scrolls Vi. (laughs) You're right. You're right. Roman numerals, they're not a thing. Holden, this is the largest thing that has happened in a long time in gaming this as our friends at nerds at large say in our chat right now microsoft will be (laughs) publishing two exclusive ps5 games what is going on more exclusive games than they'll have on their own console in in 2021 (laughs) uh no this is huge this is them acquiring the publishing arm of Bethesda, them acquiring a ton of studios, acquiring the rights to some of literally the most iconic gaming IPs in video game history. Doom, Wolfenstein, Fallout, all of these things are now Microsoft products. And that is insane. Rage, Prey... i still want to play prey actually i have a physical copy of that game which means i need to play it before the ps5 before you get your ps5 here because you know you're not going to turn on dusty ass ps4 no i'm actually gonna give it to my brother so i definitely need to play it before then um yeah this is this is huge this is absolutely massive um there has not been a bigger purchase or acquisition of the video game industry ever like this is the biggest one and to my knowledge at least maybe something like the 90s or 2000s happened but like recent memory at least like nothing and this even, is absolutely massive even even outside of this like most acquisitions and most purchases have been like we acquired a studio we acquired mm-hmm. a team of people to come work at microsoft this is this is acquiring what how many studios is it? eight eight studios eight stu- and a publisher all at once well, it's also it's a brand that had its own E3 conference for several right. years. Like, like it's yeah. it's a huge brand. Uh, maybe those E3 conferences weren't always the most exciting ones, but they could pull it off. They're actually usually fun. Um, yeah. So there's something. So we were talking about this earlier. I think we kind of have a different view on kind of what this means for Xbox. 
And it's really centered around that, basically the other consoles on a case-by-case basis. Like, what do we think that means? I think that this, we will continue to see Bethesda being, Bethesda is huge. Like, Fallout 4 sells a ton of copies. Elder Scrolls sells a trillion, bajillion copies. I personally, I don't see those being Xbox-exclusive franchises um, anytime in the near future. I think that's, if that is Xbox-exclusive, they're leaving a ton of money on the table. Um, so I do think that we'll start to see Elder Scrolls and Fallout, like, tentpole major numbered releases going forward across multiple platforms. But if you see, like, Fallout New Vegas or Wolfenstein Youngbloods, like, those spinoff titles, those, I think, will 100% be Game Pass exclusive, Xbox exclusive. Like, you won't see those on other platforms, and that will entice you to play yeah. those there. But I, I think as part of part of my thinking behind that, and everybody's saying, and you included, we're like, just like, well, why make the deal then? Like, why buy them if you yeah. continue to put it out? And I think it's it's to bolster Game Pass. My whole view on Xbox in the last like six months is that their messaging is not consoles, consoles, consoles. We're selling all the most boxes that we can. We are selling Xbox as a service, whether that's xCloud or Game Pass. And this is now making, again, the the things that defined first person shooters with Wolfenstein and Doom, and what defined open world RPGs with the Elder Scrolls games, like these are now in perpetuity on Game Pass. These are now going forward, day one releases. You're gonna have these on Game Pass, and at that point, it's not about saying, do I want to play this on Xbox or do I want to play this on PlayStation. It's well, I already have my Xbox for twenty five dollars a month that includes Game Pass and Xbox All Access. Or I could pay $70 to play this on my PlayStation 5 outside of the cost of the system itself. It's like, that's how they're going to win the audience, I think, is through Game Pass and through having these amazing AAA experiences on it. Yeah, I mean, the thing that we both agree on is this is a huge benefit to Game Pass. Like, in mm-hmm. the scenario where it still releases on PlayStation, it's still a huge, huge benefit to Game Pass. Like, it... I think people have kind of viewed the studios that Xbox is buying as, oh, they're like kind of like trip, more like double A kind of smaller games that they can release more frequently and kind of keep Game Pass going. But this is, no, 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 no. These are massive, huge triple A, maybe quadruple A games <gasps> that. No, they're not <gasps> buying anything. Ubisoft. Buzzwords. <laughs> buzzwords, buzzwords. Um, to entice people to come to Game Pass. I think that's absolutely a huge huge part of it it's this game pass is the spearhead of microsoft right now it's it's like you said it's driving everything i do feel like it's still in their incentive to keep those games exclusive and i think the reason is is for there's a few reasons one is that yes they can charge 70 dollars for that game on ps5 and also make the money there or they can get people to who own a ps5 don't have an xbox to just buy that on uh, xCloud and play it that way and then Microsoft didn't lose money selling a box. They just got people to just buy Elder Scrolls anyway and then stream it that way if they so chose. Or to do it through Game Pass. If they do through Game Pass only for Elder Scrolls, which is a game that people do spend thousands of hours playing yeah. and won't just play for a month and stop, they now have $15 a month for several months for just that one game people want to play potentially. So I think they actually are keeping that money on the table by making it exclusive. So I think there's there's that part of it. But the case-by-case basis, I can also see where that would mean, yeah, like you said, you know, Doom is coming to all the consoles because it's so huge. I can I can see that as a possibility. I think that just looking at Microsoft's um, 
practice of what they have made multi-platform from their own library of games, it's usually smaller titles. The thing that, like Cuphead, no one's going to buy an Xbox for Cuphead. But Cup, Cuphead might get those players to think, oh, Microsoft makes some really cool, fun games. Maybe I should consider getting an Xbox later on. But if you've already put your big players, Elder Scrolls and Doom and Fallout, on the other consoles, then why does someone want to go buy that box? Why does someone want to go buy that game on Xbox when they can already buy it on Sony? And Sony's going to get a 30% cut and Microsoft won't in that case. So I feel like, well, they don't have to do the 30% cut anyway, but you know what I mean. Like right. They get more of the money. <clears throat> So I feel like because of xCloud and because of that, anyone can play it anywhere, it doesn't have to come to PlayStation for them to make a boatload of money and keep it available to everyone else. It keeps people in their Xbox ecosystem regardless. Um, but, you know, like the, the, there's the, the Minecraft argument of like, oh, well, Minecraft was uh, a multi-platform, but it was already multi-platform. Hellblade was already on PlayStation. The exception of it came to Switch after the Ninja Theory deal with uh, Microsoft I think that, like in that case, it's like Cuphead and um, or in the, or the Ori games. There's it's a smaller it's a smaller game that can entice people and get them interested in the next Hellblade game, which will probably be exclusive to Xbox Series X, most likely. Either way, whichever scenario plays out, this is absolutely massive. And nerds at large here um, in the comments uh, put a good thing here in here too. I also think this could be a setup for a big Bethesda comeback. They have been overall struggling recently, and that Microsoft money and support could bring them back into the elite of the industry. Absolutely. Um. Well, that would also have to mean that they have to make good games. Oh, shit! I take... <laughs> no. Uh, when it comes to Bethesda, just personally, I'm not a Bethesda fan. Like I, I looked at their whole catalog today of things that they make, and I was like, oh, man, that's crazy. That's a whole huge get. And I looked at it, I was like, those are all a lot of big names in gaming, but I don't identify with any of them. I played Doom Eternal mm -hmm. this year, and I, I, pretty, I liked it a lot for what I played, but I wouldn't go back and say, oh, my God, that's a must-play game. And then all the other shits, yeah. like Fallout, janky and broken as fuck. Elder Scrolls, janky, broken <laughs> as fuck. 76 specifically. Yes. Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, and they, they all just don't interest me. Their play style, the, mm -hmm. the, the quality of the games is just not up to snuff for me. Um, but I don't know whether Microsoft's money being thrown at them will help fix that. I feel like that's across all of their studios. Like that's, that's what they aim for. It's kind of almost a little bit of their identity. And if you don't, if you play a game and it doesn't have that jank, you're like, well, this isn't really a Bethesda game and people don't want it anymore. So I don't know. <laughs> it could be a comeback, but I have a feeling, especially with Bethesda software still publishing it, it's, it's mm -hmm. going to be more of the same just under Microsoft's umbrella with some added benefits. Yeah. I'm curious. Because it's not like Bethesda was hurting with with money; they were doing right. pretty damn well. So, yeah, it'll be curious to see how it plays out. Um, I, but regardless, we we're both in agreement that this is still a huge get for Microsoft. Like, I agree with you. I'm not. I like Fallout Four. It's the only Fallout game I've played. It's a it's a fun RPG. But That's it's not the only like, one you played. Yeah. From the way you were gushing about that game, I would have thought you it were a Fallout great. fan from birth. Like you came out of your mom with no. a pit boy on. I had a great time playing it, but I don't wow. have experiences with the other games in the franchise, which maybe is why Fallout 4 was really fun for me. 
and everyone else is kind of like, oh, it's just more of the same. But either even with that great time I had, like I don't think it was one of the greatest games I've ever played. It's not in like my top ten. It's not in that upper echelon for me. It was just a really fun RPG yeah. in a kind of a cool. It was cool to see like the Boston Commonwealth places that I've been to and are pretty close to me, but in this you know po- a dilapidated post-apocalyptic setting instead. Um, but yeah, like Doom. I started playing Doom Eternal this year. And I loved Doom 2016, but I, I wasn't feeling Doom Eternal as much. Um, I don't, not, I'm not really a big uh, Elder Scrolls fan. I've only played Skyrim, and I put like 15 hours, and was just like, okay, I'm done. Like, I'm fine. Um, but it's like, I think this is kind of like for people who don't like Nintendo games, you have to acknowledge that if Microsoft bought Nintendo in the same way, it'd be a huge get. Yeah. Um, it's in that. I think it's in that same kind of ballpark. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to see how this evolves over time. Speaking of Nintendo, we do have some important Nintendo news. <gasps> what Nintendo is it? Tell me about 3... it. Nintendo 3DS is discontinued, says Owen S. Good at Polygon. Nintendo's statement, they said, We can confirm that the manufacturing of Nintendo 3DS family of systems has ended. Nintendo and third-party games for the Nintendo 3DS family of systems will continue to be available in Nintendo eShop, on Nintendo.com, and at retail. The existing library of more than 1,000 Nintendo 3DS games contains many critically acclaimed titles and can provide years of content to explore and enjoy. That is true. Has a good, it has a good lineup of games. Nintendo currently has no plans to end the online services, so they're going to... Oh, and it's actually... Yeah, it's basically the same information. They're going to keep the store open. They're going to have... Um, you, if you have a 3DS, you're not screwed over. <laughs> you're yeah. you're fine. You just can't buy a new one um, because they're not making them anymore. Um, this is one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's sad, but it's also about time. Oh, yeah. It's, it's past about time. I'm so glad now they can focus <laughs> all their efforts on Switch and whatever this new Nintendo account having new hardware is. Um, I'm <laughs> very a Nintendo account? Yeah, right? I wanted to say on the box, like, whatever this is, it says, like, Nintendo accounts included. <laughs> um, no, this is, this is about time. I'm actually really curious and interested to see how they consider, um, like, game preservation with 3DS now. Like... With mm-hmm. DS titles, you're like, oh, the dual screen, you can't really do it, but you can play it on your, your 3DS, or your 3DS titles, oh, it doesn't matter because you can play it on your new 3DS XL, and now it's like we don't have a system that can easily port dual screen games and make them accessible and playable, and suddenly now all of these things are going to be stuck on hardware that no longer exists. Well, you know, there was this great thing Nintendo did where they started to legally go after emulation sites. Oh, that's right. And... And that was really helpful for the preservation of those games that no one will be able to get Nintendo hardware for anymore to play those games on. So yeah. Nintendo really has a long-term vision here for how they want to control their audience and demand how they buy their games. I like it. So, like yay. Where'd it go? I can see them doing something where on Switch, a bigger portion of the screen is the gameplay, and then there's a smaller portion of the screen that gets used for like the second screen functionality but it also sounds kind of awkward to have not your whole screen taken up like they could do that but and it's not um, something you'll be able to successfully like make a blanket scenario for like you're gonna have to go back and and like reprogram every single game yeah to take advantage of that i do hope my wish is that they at least take link between worlds and make it fill up the whole switch screen and then anything that was on the second screen you can just access by hitting the plus button 
and just comes up as a menu. It's not because that happen. I think would be pretty easy to do. I think I think yeah, everyone agrees Link Between Worlds is the worst 3DS game, and it's never getting a remaster or a re-release. No, sh- shut your mouth. <laughs> shut your mouth. It's the best 2D Zelda it is, game. It is. It is the Bethesda of the 3DS. <laughs> <laughs> It means it was worth $7.5 billion. I'll take that as a compliment towards Link Between Worlds. $7.5 billion? That was almost double what Disney bought Star Wars for. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's big properties. Ad read. We have a fun ad read. I'd like to tell you a bit about Affable Idiots. Affable Idiots is a new brand under which our products and podcasts will live, like Respawning Fire, our new off-color Mr. Rogers-type show called AAWI and also with you, and much more to come. Video versions of our podcast are only the first of many amazing things we're bringing you this spring and the summer that we're currently in and the fall that we also are currently in, actually, because I think that happened today. Did we confirm that, Chad? Did that happen today? Let's see. I'll keep reading. And we need your support. autumnal equinox? (laughs) (laughs) Tomorrow. The autumnal equinox is tomorrow. tomorrow. Oh, okay. Well, by the time people are listening to this on a podcast service, yes. then it is it is also today's is now fall. First, the easiest and freest thing you can do for us right now is to go subscribe to three YouTube channels. This channel, Respawning Fire, our parents' channel, Affable Idiots, and our sister podcast, AAWI, and also with you. Links to these are in the description below, and we need 100 subscribers for each in order to have a custom YouTube URL. Um, or with our name in it, like youtube.com slash fire. You can also do us more good than you know by leaving us a sweet and sexy review. It has to be both sweet and sexy. We won't take just sexy. We won't take just sweet. It has to be a like sweet and sexy review. Sugar. Or like cinnamon toast crunch with like a thong on every little cube. Perfect. Yeah. I would accept that. And... Five stars, of course. Over on every podcast service you listen to us. And even those you don't. Stars are great and we want them all, but words of affirmation are the affable idiots love language. So feel free to drop us a message in there too. Finally, Respawning Fire has a Patreon over at patreon.com slash respawning fire. If you want to use us or support us, if you want to use us, if you want to support us, one dollar lets you play time with us. Let's blah, one dollar fucking this up now. One dollar gets you play time with us each week, influence over what we play for barf each month and super cool sexy wallpapers that chad may or may not be pointing to if you're listening to this audio how do you know you got to watch us on youtube that's how you're going to find out and cool super sexy wallpapers blah blah, blah for your electronic supercomputers. and chad that's all the news we have for this episode there's nothing else important that happened this wait, week what is the grind oh, what is second. the grind what is the grind Oh, yeah, The Grind. The Grind is a video essay series that I have been making about Stadia. I released the first episode already. If you would like to watch that, it is available on our YouTube channel. For those of you uh, who I are, was like, gonna... wary of watching really long things on YouTube, it is only, it's 25 minutes. It's an episode of a television show without commercials, and it's worth mm-hmm. watching. And you get to see my sweaty face the entire time. <laughs> you get progressively less sweaty, and then by the end of the I get progressively again. less sweaty. I decided to take a walk while I was recording, and so it's actually recorded out of order. So the final clips are actually the first things I shot, and then midway through, I'm like, you know, I need to go for a walk and just stretch my legs before I keep going, and I came back, and I'm like, shit, I gotta post this soon, so I gotta, like, just record me being sweaty. Who cares? The (laughs) ideas are the same. My sweatiness doesn't change the ideas, Chad. It's true. It It just means I'm passionate about them. That's all it means. Do you know what else I'm passionate about, Chad? PlayStation 5? Yeah, PlayStation 5 launch details and what this means for next-gen launch. And I also want to add and going forward as well. Because mm. we know we don't know everything. 
there's still some questions like UI and that kind of stuff. But like the main things that are going to get people to buy a console, we know now. So let's jump into it. We have the PS5 event and everything announced and revealed so far from Felicia Miranda at IGN. Um, we're going to be going through these one by one. And I will add, not all this information was released during the PlayStation 5 event. <laughs> so we'll be kind of adding in additional information that wasn't actually in that event. Starting off... Final Fantasy 16 as a PS5 timed exclusive, or depending if you watched it live or not, it's also coming to PC, or it's not coming to PC. <laughs> that was really confusing, but Chad, I read a lot with the ad read. You you talk now. Oh, talk, Final talk, Fantasy Chad, 16. Talk. What? First of all, what a huge get for Sony. We talked about, like, yeah. yeah, it makes sense, like, I could see it happening, but, like, to actually see it come to fruition and see it being revealed in a PlayStation event that it is PlayStation exclusive, that was like, What? Um, it is a jump back. Like we've had some futuristic Final Fantasies. Like we had the Cyberpunk with Final Fantasy VII remake just got out. Uh, Final Fantasy uh, fifteen had like fucking cars. I don't remember the make of the car. Was it Rolls Royce? I don't remember. But everyone had like phones and shit. Or it was you know it was modern times. This is taking it back to like medieval times when you're fighting with like straight up chainmail on and swords and uh, it it looks like. Another return to Final Fantasy form from uh, yesteryear that I'm so excited to play. The designs, I, I didn't gather a ton of information from the trailers. I just mostly just geeked out and had a boner the whole time. Um, but I, <laughs> the, the blood designs, was gone from your head. You couldn't yeah. even think straight. Yeah. So it's like apparently it's around the crystals again. Surprise! Final, Final Fantasy game about crystals. But there's this concept. I forget the, the word they name for it. But like, there's a person who's like who is channeling each summon so like your your normal like shiva and ifrit and all these kind of things that people that are usually part of the final fantasy games there's now like a person and like oh we have to get to that person the sh the person who's in charge of shiva blah blah, blah. shiva looks fucking badass ifrit looks fucking badass one of the kids like you're a bodyguard for a kid and he's a fucking phoenix and they're fucking fighting everywhere and it looks so good holden i am cream pie central over here right now <laughs> that's not what I meant to say. I, I meant to make a jizz joke. I'm creaming. That's what I'm trying to say. Cream pies are more than just creaming. Um, it's It looks so badass. I can't wait. This link here, I'm not aware of the exclusivity thing about it. The PS5 timed exclusive link, it doesn't actually click for me. What is that What is that about? What is that about? Yeah, so um, let me pull this up here. Um, they, I guess there's a screen out the end of the trailer um, that says, not available on other platforms for a limited time after release on PS5. Okay, gotcha. So it's probably like a year-long thing like Final Fantasy VII Remake was. Yeah. Okay. And I think Square Enix, that's been pretty typical with like how Final Fantasy VII Remake is. So, and I think if, if, of the two games, Final Fantasy VII Remake has a greater... Um, there's a, I think there's a stronger case for Final Fantasy VII being a solid exclusive and not coming other console. So if that's timed, I think it makes sense that this is timed as well. As opposed to only being on PlayStation, um, but they weren't clear enough about this, and, I, and it, this has kind of been a consistent theme throughout the event of what's actually on PlayStation Five versus what's coming to yeah. PC later versus what's actually coming to PS Four. Um, so I, I would like a very definitive statement on that. Like it is coming to PS Five for one year, and then after that, it'll be available on Xbox Series X and Series S and PC. Um, That'd be nice. But either way, yeah, like that's a huge get. It was a really strong way to start off the event. Um, one thing I thought was interesting, and this is a really nitpicky, very stupid thing to say, um, and graphics don't matter. I'm not saying graphics matter. 
Final Fantasy games have kind of always been like the pinnacle of what a JRPG can look like on current gen hardware. It's always yeah. been that like high point, and the environments and the monsters all hit that for me. The the character models and like the hair, the stuff that is usually nailed didn't seem to be as strong, which was really surprising to me. And makes me think this game is maybe not coming as soon as we would hope. I would I would assume it's a little bit further out than we think too. But uh, there yeah. was a lot of tweets right afterwards after the event of people saying all you people who were saying the people that Final Fantasy 16 doesn't look good and then they had like screenshots from the reveal of Final Fantasy 7 remake and then what actually shipped and it was like whoa yeah that's a stark difference between the two so I, yeah it's gonna get there but I think we're further yeah. out than we think yeah it looks fun though like I I like I always like Final it's like Final Fantasy is like Smash Bros to me I like the trailers I get into the hype and then I play it and I go that's right I don't like Final Fantasy games that much <laughs> So I'm really hyped in the trailer. It looks fantastic, but I know I'm going to get it. And then I'll like the really intense opening that Final Fantasy games always have. And then I'll start helping a girl find three cats in town and wonder why the <laughs> hell I'm playing this game. So if I if there's like reviews that come out that say it's just like nonstop from beginning to end, I'll play it. Otherwise, I'm not playing the stupid cat fetch quests. I'm just not doing it. <laughs> it's a, and it's not even a Final Fantasy thing. It's really just like a JRPG thing. I don't yeah. know why this... It's I don't know. I don't like it. Other people do. And that is a great segue into Spider-Man Miles Morales. <laughs> this one I think you're completely alone on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Spider-Man Miles Mor- Morales was uh, confirmed for PS5 launch, which is really cool. It's also getting a PS4 version as well. Which is a trend is, we saw with basically every PS5 exclusive game is surprise also coming to PS4. Yeah, except for uh, Demon Souls and Ratchet right. and Clank. I think those are the two that we haven't heard that. But yeah, um, this game, Sackboy and Horizon Forbidden West, all also coming to to PS4. Um, the pricing is forty nine ninety nine for the standard edition of Miles Morales on PS5, but you spend an extra twenty bucks and you get the Spider Man remastered included on ps5 that's digital only there's no physical copy of the remastered version right but that's pretty cool yeah you're a bigger fan than i am so you i think you should take this i thought about uh, obviously miles Morales. the fucking the gameplay they showed of that game was again more cream cream worthy this whole surprise this whole event was cream worthy <laughs> um I'm going to stop saying that because cream is just such a gross word to me now in reference to <laughs> jizz. <laughs> um, but no, the gameplay looked so fucking cool. It looked like that Spider-Man gameplay from that we all know and love from last gen. And then suddenly you're adding in his bioelectricity powers and just... I'm sure some of it has to be like the person who was playing it was an expert and they knew exactly what to do and show off all the great things. But uh, it looks really badass. I am excited to see that Spider-Man Remastered is included with the extra edition, that it's available for PS5. I was a little bummed out to hear that your save file doesn't carry over for PlayStation 4. Yeah, I saw that. But then I thought about it. It was like, you know what, though? Like, If you played Metro on PS3 and then you got the Metro Remaster on PS4, like your save file's not going to carry over from that either. If I, can make, I don't know why I would expect it to, but... I guess with all this backwards you like compatibility, the game. That's why you're buying the remaster. Happen. You'll probably want to play it again. Yeah. So I'm thinking like that could be another like easy platinum, and by easy I mean like 40 hours again to, to platinum <laughs> Spider-Man remastered. But uh, I don't know. I kind of want to. I kind of would like to just jump into Spider-Man remastered and swing around and just see what that updated city looks like. 
which I guess you can do in Spider-Man Miles Morales. So fuck me. So Spider-Man, all right, I gotta say this. I actually really liked that demo a lot. Not enough to convince me to buy the game, but it seems like a much more, in, in terms of gameplay mechanics, much more diverse than Spider-Man. I feel like in Spider-Man 1, it was, here's a web power. Oh, and here's another web power. Hey, do you want a new web power? We have another new web power for you. Here's another web power. Do you want a web power? We have more web powers for you. And this is like, oh, you have web powers, you have bioelectricity powers, you have invisibility powers. I'm like, that's looking more interesting to me. The combat looks much more dynamic as a result. It also looks crazy fluid. Like it, there's there are points where I'm like this is a cutscene, not gameplay, right? Because that those camera angles are real fancy. It just looks it, it does look really good. It's very impressive. And the really impressive part is when I watch the gameplay, I was Hold watching on. with Brent. Hold on. Yeah. Okay, sorry. So you so, were saying looks more diverse than Spider Man. Spider Man is Webby Webby Cocoa Puff, and this is zingy zingy visa visi exactly exactly so i was watching it with brent who is at pork chop 1864 1864 i think i don't know it's 118 yt 1864 8 really makes the Halo Infinite demo that much worse. Turns right. out, Phil Spencer was right. It, it, you don't necessarily have to hold your games back in a huge way to do cross-gen. However, he didn't pull it off as well, at least in the case of Halo Infinite. Maybe right. the other games, it will be different. Um, but this is cross-gen, and I was still convinced that was next-gen footage by watching it during yeah. the event. So that was impressive to me. So, yeah, at, we had been saying for months, <laughs> there's no way you can make a game from next-gen systems and current-gen systems and not be held back somehow. And, like, as you mentioned, Halo Infinite was, like, proof of the pudding. Like, yeah, this is held back. Let's shit, looking at that ogre. Mm -hmm. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, this means that you, you don't have to. You can make really beautiful-looking stuff. Even Horizon Zero Dawn, or Horizon Forbidden West. It's yeah. incredible. Coming next year to PS4. Um, the only ones that we know of that are not coming is Demon Souls and Ratchet and Clank, but Ratchet and Clank looks like it's like fundamentally game design wise can't do it. Not necessarily. Yeah, because the SSD. Exactly, not necessarily a uh, a graphics or fidelity kind of thing. With Spider Man, because it, I'm assuming this is probably largely built off of, like Miles Morales is largely built off of the first Spider Man game. I'm assuming that, and I'm assuming with all we saw all the test demos of like this is what mm -hmm. the new SSD will look like. It was always Spider-Man being demoed, so I imagine yeah. that engine was like the first thing that they ported to PS5. Um, yeah, so it's what they've been optimizing and making look and run really great for the last two years, three years. And I think that explains how it could be cross-gen, because when Mark Cerny was talking about the benefits of the SSD, a lot of the things he was talking about was, was referring to how worlds are made. You don't have to make the corridors or the elevators. And if you're building this game based off of a PS4 game, like nothing in New York City screams it has to be on a PS5 SSD. Like The open worlds like that have been able to exist before. I think what are probably, and I'm just totally speculating this what probably is going to happen is that there'll be richer animations and things like that because they can load them in faster on ps5 and that's maybe why this looks so much smoother than the ps4 version may or may not 
you know live up to. I don't say live up to. That's not fair. They're two separate consoles, and the PS5 is obviously the superior one. But you know what I mean. Like it, we won't see those really fancy animations. There was a rumor a while ago that the PS5 version of Spider-Man, one of the big things was going to be a, a larger amount of animations to make it feel more fluid. And and I think that was largely confirmed by the demo that we just saw. In the case of Horizon Forbidden West, though, that game I was so convinced was next gen when I saw it. I'm really curious how that world is going to play out is it going to be made ps5 first including the world design does that mean there will be like loading screens when you get to certain areas on the ps4 or did they make it so that the world will work on uh ps4 but there's going to be a higher level of animations kind of like in spider-man to make it really smooth like there's maybe less foil um less trees and stuff around like so it doesn't have to load in as much like what is that difference going to look like i'm very curious now because just like the Spider-Man demo, that Horizon trailer we got uh, in June, that looked totally next-gen to me. Yeah. So I'm really curious. Um, speaking of excited about... More cream. Harry Potter game coming. More cream. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy. The rumors of the leaked, totally not faked trailer that came out two years ago turns out was real we all knew it was real it was one of the worst kept secrets ever can you believe it's it's been almost two years since we saw that yeah Mm -hmm. it's bananas chad what'd you think of this trailer um looks fucking dope as hell it is so you're again all the things we knew you're playing in the 1800s you're in the hogwarts you're assigning a house you get to kind of pick what classes you're going to go to and be a cool ass wizard and fight trolls and dragons and all these kind of stuff um i love that it's not linked to like you're not probably harry potter's great 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 grandfather uh the the way that they kind of pitched this game is that i think it's gonna be a uh it's an it's an open world rpg they've confirmed mm-hmm. and i think it's gonna be more of a choose your house Choose your person, your gender, your ethnicity. All you're gonna choose all this kind of thing and make it your own world. I don't know. I didn't really quite get this for sure from the trailer. Like, if it's gonna be like an MMORPG, if it's gonna be something online and you, like everyone's at Hogwarts and you can all team up to take on oh, that the Triwizard Tournament really together. Cool. You can all like. Like, that would be fucking cool if you could take on dragons and, and go fight Dementors and, and Azkaban together. Like, that would be fucking awesome. And I think they're kind of missing out on something. Like, they're missing something if it's just a single-player experience. Because being able to customize mm-hmm. your character that much and then not interact with anyone else seems like a miss. But I don't, I don't know yeah. if that's in the cards or not. I just This was kind of a look at... Uh, the world and the enemies and all that kind of stuff that you're going to be playing from a very high level, and I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped. I'm so ready yeah. for a AAA Harry Potter game. And one that's not based off of a movie where it has to come out at a certain time. Even though I actually liked the Harry Potter games I played that were licensed games, but I was a kid didn't know any better. They yeah. might put them now and realize they're complete garbage. But it's cool that it's its own standalone thing. I So I, I just had this thought when you talk about the sorting hat and like choosing your... Uh, your house. Here's a cool idea. What if the beginning of this game, like the tutorial of this game, is that moment where you get off the train and you're walking up into Hogwarts, you learn a handful of things along the way, and based on your actions and how you treat NPCs and how you, you know, you know, just how you manage to get there, that that will determine what house that you're in. 
Because it's not really like in the books and in the, the movies. It's more like you put the head on and it kind of reads you and determines what house you belong to. Yeah, you have a little that, influence over it. but it's, You have a little influence, yeah. yeah. I think that would be really cool. I would kind of like that. That would be cool. In games except I would restart similar. the game 35 different times until I got the right house. Because <laughs> I would not play an entire game as a Ravenclaw. Oh, there would be so many articles like IGN, how to pick your house and make sure that you don't get into Slytherin. Right. <laughs> that headline will be everywhere. Um, be, good, be good stuff. Speaking of, if you're in Slytherin, by the way, you're probably a fan of the Resident Evil games. And I wrote in Resident Evil. Resident, Ooh, Resident, Resident Evil. Evil. Resident Evil. Um, what did you think of this trailer that was highly informative and showed us so much more of the game that we didn't know I mean, it just showed me so much more that it's going to be spoopy as fuck, and I can't wait to play it, especially with 3D yeah. audio in a dark room with a diaper on. I can't wait. <laughs> Fucking can't wait. We haven't gotten VR confirmation yet. No, I doubt, especially because it's next-gen exclusive, I doubt that we're going to be uh, getting VR for it unless mm -hmm. we see some kind of significant leap with psvr2 before resident evil village comes out uh, dallas wants to know what house is gryffindor. the right house and i'm gonna say gryffindor yeah gryffindor is the right house gryffindor. unless you're not a gryffindor in case i don't want you in my house gryffindor is the only <laughs> house and if you end up there and you're a ravenclaw you should be in ravenclaw now gryffindors can be friends with ravenclaws ravenclaws are cool they're just like nerds but they're not like bad people hufflepuffs are just like stupid as fuck and like I don't have time to put up with their their idiocy, and then Slytherins they're just bad people, they're just bad people, yeah. and that is what they call conscious bias. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I the Resident Evil trailer I kind of had a little like tongue in cheek like they didn't show us anything. I'm really glad they didn't show us anything. I don't want to know anything about this game. I just want to start playing it and experience it as I play it. And a big reason for that for me is that castle. They haven't showed us anything inside that castle. I don't want to see castle from anything. <laughs> it does going to look like that. I can't wait to get into that castle and explore it, and I bet it's going to be so spoopy. I am pumped for that. That's going to be great. Everyone, Dallas's wife is a Hufflepuff, so... If you haven't seen the Second City I'm a Hufflepuff video, wait till after we're done here, and then go watch the I'm a Hufflepuff <laughs> video from Second City. It's fantastic. Hold in. Chad, do you think what? Do you think Deathloop is going to be fantastic? Is my question for you. I think Deathloop is going to be pretty good. I think it's going to be. You know what it reminds me of? Do you remember the game Wet from the no. PS3 360 era? It's a very weird name for a game. Moist. <laughs> you played. Moist. Well, you play as this this female. It, it looks. It's a very stylized shooter, just like Deathloop looks like. Um, but it's a Bethesda game. Deathloop is. Uh, we know that it, they are going to honor the PS5 exclusivity with this game. It looks interesting. It looks cool. Um, it doesn't look bad. It looks like I'm going to have way too much to play, and I'm not going to care about it. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel, too. I actually think that looks like a lot of fun for me and something that I would like to play, but I feel like 2021 is shaping up to be absolutely batshit insane. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. especially when you consider outside of PlayStation that there might be some 35th anniversary Zelda stuff, and then you just add that to every other game that's apparently coming to 2021. <laughs> I know you're just trying to like vision board it into reality, but you're. That's a hundred percent what I'm doing. But it's it seems like it could happen. It could happen, Chad. <laughs> um. So yeah, when I first saw the trailers for this game, I'm like, I didn't. I just I'm like, okay, it's a loop. You're killing people, whatever. Now what it looks like to me is basically that, but it looks like it's Hitman with fast first person shooter combat and cool powers. 
Yeah, that, that's I'm, a great I'm into way that. of describing it. Uh, not my comparison, to be fair. I read that somewhere else. Oh. Um, and I just thought it was such a good comparison, I couldn't not share it. Um, but I also can't give credit to the person because I don't remember who said it. <laughs> it was probably a Reddit Bill comment Gates. somewhere. Bill Gates said it, yes. Bill Gates, huge Bethesda fan. <laughs> that's why he bought them. That's Because it wasn't Phil Spencer's choice. Bill Gates was right, like, right, Phil, right. you're doing this. Um, so, yeah, Death looks, looks uh, pretty interesting. Uh, Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition. Chad, you like that game. Devil May Cry 5, again, criminally underplayed. Everyone should go play it. I think it's still on Game Pass. I don't know. Anyway, go play it. But this one, you get um, um, fucking... What is his name? What is his name? You get the extra character. Is it Virgil? It wasn't Virgil. You get Virgil in this. Uh, I don't know how I knew that. I just happened to know that. <laughs> I have no idea how that happened. And you get to... He will be available as a download on, I think, PC or something like that. But uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of cool to see that they're they're supporting. There's so, just so much good support for these next-gen systems. This next-gen system. Speaking of good support, everyone's favorite, Odds World Soulstorm is coming as well. Chad, you've, just you've had a lot of thoughts on this I game. I think it's one singular Odd World. Mm. Mm. Chad, what do you think of <laughs> Odd World? <laughs> I, I've mentioned this on previous podcasts. I think when they revealed this game, um, that I've never been an Odd World person, mostly because for the same reason that I'm not a Fallout person, it's just the world looks gross, and I don't want to live in it. <laughs> and it's just like for for both of them, they're just generally brown. But Odd Odd World has like a, an overall booger aesthetic to it. <laughs> And I'm just not a person who wants to live in a world that looks like everything's boogers. That's what it looks uh, like. Oh, is me. that your thoughts on Oddworld Soulstorm or Five Nights at Freddy's Security <laughs> Breach? Five Nights at Freddy's looks legit scary, too, though. I'm like, what the fuck? I, the kids, little children fucking love Five Nights at Freddy. And I saw this video, oh, I, I'm like, what the fuck are they playing? I, Oh, as a kid, I loved scary stuff. So I can see myself when I was younger really getting into that. I used to, so I used to do kids' camps and things like that too. And kids would like make videos mm. and stuff like that. And these little six and seven year old kids coming in, they're like, all right, everyone go split up into your groups of three or four, make your videos. And I would go around group to group. And one time there was a, a group and they had like fucking Slenderman videos <laughs> pulled up on their iPads. <laughs> and they're watching those. And like, this is like shit that literally teenagers kill each other over. Stop it. <laughs> Chad, the next game I gotta talk about is this little tiny game. It's a little indie experiment. Might not be big, but it's called Demon's Souls. Demon's Souls, and it's a launch game for PlayStation Five. It is. Do you think this game will? En- Do you entice people to buy a PlayStation Five? This has enticed you to play to buy a PlayStation Five. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> yeah, this was. They had a weird demo for this one. Like, yeah. they showed a demo of this person who was clearly playing it on easy. Like, they didn't die once. They were just, they knew exactly where everything was, running by all the items and all the goodies, and then they just get to the boss, and then the One-shotting every enemy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Never getting hit. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, though, the game, I played the original game, fucking loved it. This game is going to be great. It looks gorgeous. It looks beautiful. Anyone who's a fan of the Yeah, Soul it looks games, insanely good looking. Good. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, the demo was definitely strange in that respect. I just, I have complete confidence they're not going to make it the default easy like that. Like, if there is multiple difficulty options, normal will be exactly as you probably remember it in Demon Souls. And it's it's a game from from software, and they notoriously don't have difficulty levels. So, 
Yeah. Blue Point's redoing it, so maybe they'll make a change. But I kind of feel like from software be like, if you're remaking Demon Souls, nah, you have to keep it exactly, you know, difficulty wise, exactly what we uh, intended. Uh, I just think it worked better as a demo that way. Yeah. To kind of get to a boss. And I think that's that's why they did it. It was probably like an over leveled character in the opening area of the game. Which, if you play Dark Souls or Bloodborne, like, yeah, you can go back to the early levels of the game and just massacre all the little, like, grunts. So it kind of felt like that. By no means a problem for me because I know what I'm going to experience when I play that game. And holy shit, who is it? Uh, was it um, Tom Marks of IGN who said, "Oh, at launch there's going to be no games that that really look next gen." And I'm like, "That's not true," <laughs> because Demon Souls is the most next gen looking game I think I've personally seen yet. Yep, it looks good. It looks sexy. it looks real good. Oh, also it's seventy dollars. We I didn't have that in the notes, but that's uh the seventy dollars is basically confirmed now. Probably more companies will do that if Sony's doing it. So yeah, um, weird. Weird enough, like they didn't mention the price. They didn't mention that it was a launch title or give it a release date in yeah. the presentation itself. Um, and this is also coming to PC? Question mark or is that still a question mark? I think they said that was a human error. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Cool. I can see this being one of the games that they bring to P to PC like a year or two years after. It's been on PS5. I can see that happening with Demon's Souls. Although Demon's Souls, the original, was never on PC, was it? No. Demon's hmm. Souls, the original, is a PlayStation thing. Well, I, yeah, I know, but it was it was, it was was made by um, From Software as a third-party game still. And in Japan, it was... Didn't it come out before... There's some sort of story of how like Sony didn't want it. And I don't know the story, so I'm not gonna. Sony didn't not publish it in the U.S. or North America because mm-hmm. they thought no That's one what would it want was. it over okay. here. And then it was a That's runaway right. success. Okay. But Sony owns the the IP Demon Souls. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. That, and they published we'll it in Japan. Speaking of kind of games that were very successful in Japan but not really successful elsewhere initially because just no one thought it would be a big game right. is a uh, Fortnite, which is coming to PS5. Woo. Woo. Moving on to PlayStation Plus collection. This was huge. Yeah, this is basically a, a cool little announcement. Yeah. Um basically this is just a collection of the kind of some of the as Sony puts it genre defining games of the PlayStation 4 generation. And if you're playing on PlayStation 5 and have PlayStation Plus, you just get access to them. It's not Game Pass. It's it's not that it's just a collection of games you get just for having PlayStation Plus. Think more like Nintendo Online's like NES and SNES, but games you actually want to play, not tennis. <laughs> you can you can kind of think about when PlayStation Plus launched what they called the Instant Game Collection, which mm-hmm. had things like On Vita, Gravity Rush, and Uncharted Drake's Fortune, like yeah, the big games. Yeah. And it was like just by having PlayStation Plus, you automatically get twelve games unlocked that are huge for your system. Those rotated out. I don't know if they plan to do that with this as well. Um, but it's it's a ton of games. They're all PS4 games. Like It's purposefully meant... I think I've read a couple of different articles about the intent behind this. One of them is for people who are new to PlayStation 5. Maybe they got a PlayStation 5 for the first time. It's like, these are all the things you missed on PS4. But also for people who are upgrading to give them a reason to kind of just play these in their best way. Uh, or if they missed mm-hmm. them on last gen. But let's run through this list of games. God really of quickly, War. Do you think Fallout 4? Do you think that's going to be on there much longer? Ooh, good question. <laughs> I don't know. 
don't know. God of War. Microsoft likes to honor deals, so yeah. maybe. Who knows? Bloodborne. Sorry, I didn't you. Go ahead. Monster Hunter World, Final Fantasy 15, Fallout 4, Mortal Kombat 10, Uncharted 4, Thief's End, Ratchet and Clank, Days Gone, Until Dawn, Detroit Become Human, Battlefield 1, Infamous Second Son, Batman Arkham Knight, The Last Guardian, The Last of Us Remastered, Persona 5, Resident Evil 7, Biohazard. And they, they said several times, like, this is just games including these, like, games like these will be in there. So like, there will probably be more to this Plus collection, either at launch or shortly thereafter. Again, it's included in your PlayStation Plus membership with PS5, which is dope. Uh, you don't have to pay an extra $15 a month like you do for Game Pass. But obviously, this is mm -hmm. a fraction of what you get from Game Pass as well. But arguably, this yeah. is the cream of the crop, whereas Game Pass is a lot of fluff. Yeah. Here's the cool thing. I think about this is take like something like Last of Us Remastered or Ratchet and Clank or God of War or Final Fantasy 15. It's like, hey, here's the last version of that game. If the new one's coming out, or in the case of Last of Us Part 2 is already out, like, do you want to play that one first before you buy the new one so you yeah. kind of can get into that franchise? I think it's really also Resident Evil 7 is the same kind of way. Um, I think that's a really smart move. Because it's like, oh, do I like Ratchet and Clank? I don't know. Let me play. I, I have Ratchet and Clank 1 now. Why don't I just give it a try and see if I like it? I do. That's awesome. I'm buying Rift apart. That's good. And then Bloodborne's yeah. on the list. So basically, just confirmation Bloodborne 2 is happening 100%. <laughs> no way around it. I uh, that's am, just me being wishful. I'm excited for this. But like so many of these types of initiatives, it's, it's not aimed at me. Because I look yeah. at this list, and I've literally played every single game except for Persona 5. And Persona 5, yeah, and Persona really 5 have interest in doing. I'm now more compelled to try it, but I still don't think I'm going to. Yeah. Especially just because there's so much happening at launch. Demon Souls, Cyberpunk the next week. It's going to be crazy. Cyberpunk. That's so silly that people think Cyberpunk's still going to be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No, uh, but they're g more praise to anyone who thinks they're going to have time to play Cyberpunk among all of these other things. Yeah. There are two more announcements. I actually just want to jump to the last one first. Okay. And that's at the very end of the show. They just they, they said God of War 2 is happening. Is it God of War 2 or just God of War Ragnarok? We really don't know yet. They said Ragnarok is coming, but that right. was more of a like a tagline than it was a title. So we don't know what it's called yet, but we know God of War is coming, and it's coming next year. Yeah, 2021, baby. Which Dallas totally proved me wrong. He was 100% right. We were uh, disagreeing on whether or not they would show God of War. I still don't think they had to. Oh, of course but not. They did not have to. As you saw from the pre-order debacle, they yeah. did not have to show God of War 2. They would have sold out no yeah. matter what. But considering it's coming out next year, it makes more sense why they would show it off right now. Yeah. To at least say it's coming. Uh, there are people saying it's going to get delayed. And I'm like, I feel like if they're putting a firm date as 2021 on it right now, I think it's coming next year. Like, I think Naughty Dog is the only scenario where games just get perpetually delayed. <laughs> that does happen a lot with Naughty Dog, actually. Like with the it does, but and... I, I don't think that's really happened with the other studios. They're usually pretty good about it, but we'll we'll find out. They've also had time. I think that game came out in 2017. It's been four years. Four years in a pandemic. Six seasons yeah, four in years movie. in a pandemic. <laughs> so that's that was a huge announcement for sure. But... The most important announcement of the entire event was, of course, the price and release date, which Sony still has not mentioned yet. And they really need to mention the price Liar. and release date. 
<laughs> it's coming November 12th to a few regions and then the rest of the world um, November 19th. It's going to cost $3.99 for the digital edition and $4.99 for the physical edition. Chad, thoughts, go. Oh, man. Everyone thought when Xbox Series S came out here, like, we're $2.99, and you get next-gen SSD and architecture and blah, 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 and we can output put it 1440p. Everyone's like, holy shit, that's the best thing ever. And then PlayStation's like, yeah, but for 100 extra bucks, you actually get a next-gen system. And everyone's like, <laughs> what? What? That's so crazy. Yeah, with this extra three ninety, with this extra hundred bucks, like you get up to eight K output whenever that becomes a thing. You get true four K. You get one hundred twenty frames a second at four K. You get all of this crazy ass shit. You get the processing power, the GPUs, the animations, the particle effects that you're not gonna see on Xbox Series S. And it's insane that they were able to hit that price point. I have no idea how much of a loss they're taking, uh, but digital being three ninety nine, physical being four ninety nine. That's huge. So they are matching or yeah. undercutting Xbox on their Series X, and they mm -hmm. are just slightly more than the all-digital uh, Series S. That's huge. Yeah, the pricing is is great. And like, if you, it's really first of all, it's the same dollar price as when the PS4 came out. But because of inflation and things like that, technically this is more affordable than the PS4 was when it came out, adjusting for inflation. So and. Considering I think we all kind of went into this generation thinking, guys, we just know these boxes are going to be crazy expensive. Yeah. Obviously, this is a chunk of change to put down, obviously. But I think this was, I think, the best it could have been. Considering the really advanced hardware that's in there, I'm just, I'm really happy with this. Do you think now, so that's, we know the price, we know the release date, we can talk about um, the, the pre-order debacle around all of it. And just anecdotally, like, we know physically, like, the physical editions, there are lots more of them for pre-order than the digital editions. Yeah. And do you think it's so, because they're selling them at a loss, and obviously the Blu-ray drive doesn't cost Sony 100 bucks, but they can make more of a profit, so they're trying to sell more physical editions? Here's my theory on this. Um, the... The data point of there's more... Um, physicals than digitals by a huge number which I, I still wouldn't be surprised about Jim Ryan has said we're not telling you what the what the ratio is but that that came they came from Ars Technica calling nine GameStop stores I feel like GameStop is going to have more physical than digital even if it was a 50-50 split at the manufacturing level because GameStop's going to want to sell a console that you'll continue to come back to the store to get games but they probably want to have a handful of the digital ones so that they can say, hey, no, 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 we have the digital version here. If you still want to give us money, we'll, we'll still take your money. And it's, oh, look, three ninety nine. Like They still want to have a few for that reason. But GameStop doesn't want to sell a digital version of a console. I went in and I got my pre-order, and it was kind of awkward getting a digital-only version. It's kind of like saying, like, hi, I'm never coming back here again, just so you know. <laughs> I, guy, that makes GameStop sense for GameStop, but... Just again, anecdotally, I saw several big names on Twitter just doing polls like, hey, now that this announced, who's getting what? And physical, mm -hmm. there were there was like 40 or 50 percent of the respondents of thousands and thousands of people saying I'm getting physical and like 20 percent yeah. said I'm getting digital. But when mm -hmm. Wario 64, because you went and ordered the GameStop, so I'm sure you weren't clicking on these links all the time trying to pre-order stuff like yeah. I was. But immediately the digital was always out of stock and then the physical yep. would hang around for about three or four more minutes before it would sell out, too. Because there were, I'm trying to I'm trying to get a day one digital version, and I've got 
one reserved from Amazon, one reserved from GameStop. Neither of them are guaranteed to arrive on launch day, so I'm still out there looking. But there were several times where I could have just gotten a physical one because it was it just stuck around. And I was like, mm-hmm. digital sold out right now, but I could just get a physical, but then I'll just be unhappy with it for the rest of my life. And it's like jumping into an arranged marriage. And <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I feel like GameStop, that That's a fair theory point. makes yeah. sense. But seeing the, the outturn on Twitter and then seeing the pre-order scenario, I, I think they are producing a ton more physicals than they are digital. No, that makes a ton of sense. I guess, like... The ratio is probably higher than what GameStop, the GameStop numbers are showing. Sure, but yeah, I think I think that makes sense because every time I've seen like even just a thread of like which one are you getting, it's like, like well, obviously the physical edition. I have PS4 games that are physical discs. And I want to be able to play them backwards compatible on my right. PS5. Not everyone um, sees the future like you and I do, and like we're exactly. obviously <laughs> looking into crystal balls and shit. And like y'all are dumb. I've been thinking a lot about this whole digital versus physical thing. I put a little tweet thread out there like about this. I'm sure no one actually read. Oh, I read it all. Um, you read it all? Yeah, so I feel like there's a lot of like... Uh, this isn't to say like if you get physical, you're still right. There's no like wrong answer when you're getting your PS5. Like I'm not saying that at all. But I feel like there are just some things that are said about like getting the digital version of the console that don't make a whole lot of sense to me. Like they're, you know, Sony could just you know get rid of the games all of a sudden. It's like, but didn't they just do that with PlayStation 1, 2, and 3 discs? Like you, you can't have the modern hardware and, and use that that stuff. Like it's not possible. Like those cutoffs kind of just happen naturally anyway. Whether it's the <laughs> your PlayStation <laughs> One right there, you can do it. But like eventually that hardware is going to break. Literally, because all has hardware Final breaks. Final Fantasy Seven Disc Three in it still. <laughs> <laughs> eventually, that hardware is going to break because all hardware breaks down eventually. It's just how things work. And then Sony doesn't support it, so you're not going to be able to play those PlayStation 1 games anymore. So this kind of is just, you're, this is going to happen to you regardless. So I don't feel any problem getting a digital-only version. Uh, the, the PT scenarios are not super common. They don't happen all the time. Um, Scott Pilgrim's the only other example I can think of that's happened on consoles. Like, I, I feel very comfortable buying a digital-only console, and I think people should feel comfortable buying a digital-only console. Yeah. Um, but again, like, if you get Especially physical, like, that's you, still a good move. It's not a bad move to get a physical version. Like streaming video and movies and things like that. Like, yeah, you could buy it through iTunes or you could stream it on Netflix. I'm like, what happens when Netflix pulls it off of Netflix? I was like, well, then you can't fucking watch it unless you go buy yeah. it through iTunes. What happens if Apple goes under? That's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not gonna happen. And also, like, let's say it does happen, it's because yeah. people stopped buying stuff on Apple and have already decided to transition to another platform. Exactly. So, yeah, like the the people who are left over, it's not a huge amount. And like, let's say Sony goes away, you don't think that that Microsoft and whoever the other competitor is that knocked out Sony isn't going to be fighting for those Sony customers and saying, no, 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 you can just bring all your games over here and we'll, exactly. we'll link it up. And, kind of like the movies like, anywhere. That's going to happen. The movies anywhere. Exactly. Like, 100% what happens exactly. when yeah. Flickster goes away? All my Flickster purchases. Well, you can just watch them on Vudu. <laughs> what happens when Vudu goes away? Well, watch them on Ultraviolet. What happens when Ultraviolet goes away? Doesn't matter. Somebody's going to give you that movie for free. <laughs> yeah, because they want you to be a customer to spend more money with them exactly. later on, like going forward. Like, so I did not, just not worried about that kind of stuff. Stuff. Um, but I do want to transition to how the pre-orders were handled because this has been very controversial. So effectively what happened is the event happened. As we know, there wasn't many details as to what launch games were going to be, uh, when pre-orders started. But then all of a sudden, Jeff Keighley was the spokesperson for Sony and was like, pre-orders are starting tomorrow. Demon Souls is a launch, like saying all these things that should have been within the event. And 
we'll assume peers were supposed to start on Thursday as opposed to Walmart suddenly tweeting out, actually, we don't want you guys to wait because that's lame. They start now. And it just causes huge, like, we did get Absolute, a little heads like, up from scramble. Jeff Keeley, who said, I'm actually hearing from partners that people might be releasing stock today for pre-order. And that's yeah. whenever I got that sinking feeling in my stomach, and I'm like, oh, fuck. This is going to yeah. be a no-man's land of everyone trying to get something. And it got so bad that Sony apologized for this over the weekend. This is what they tweeted. Let's be honest. PS5 pre-orders could have been a lot smoother. We truly apologize for that. Over the next few days, we will release more PS5 consoles for pre-order, retailers will share more details, and more PS5s will be available through the end of the year. Here's my hot take. I don't think Sony should have apologized. And it's not because things can get fucked up. They totally got fucked up. It's not Sony's fault. This is the individual retailers who decided to post things probably before Sony wanted them to, because they wanted to be first. I don't think Sony should apologize. I think Walmart should apologize. I think GameStop should apologize. All these companies should be apologizing. Sony, I don't think Sony told Jeff Keighley, we're going to start pre-orders tomorrow. And then went to the retailers and be like, psych, just do it right now. Pull the plug. <laughs> like, or push the button. I don't think Sony would have done it because they don't benefit from that. But these individual outlets do because, oh, Walmart has it. Well, I'm not going to wait for tomorrow. I'm just going to get it right now. I so, I agree with yeah. you that it is not Sony's fault. I, I buy into your theory that, yeah, they were supposed to start on Thursday, and then Walmart's just like, fuck it, let's go now. And that's why you saw mm-hmm. everyone, like, they, did, they didn't all go live at the same time. They staggered over, yeah. like, 20, 30 minutes between each retailer as Walmart went mm-hmm. live, and then everyone's freaking out. Like, oh, and they sell out, and then Target's like, well, fuck, we can't let have Walmart have all the attention, and then Target went. And then shortly yeah. after, Best Buy went. And then shortly before midnight, Amazon went. And it's like... So it's it's definitely the retailer's fault, mostly Walmart. Thank you, Walmart Canada. <laughs> the tweet was ridiculous. That was that was really dumb of them. Yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, it like when people aren't looking at this and saying, "Oh my God, I can't believe I didn't get a PlayStation Five." Walmart sucks. They're saying the whole PlayStation Five pre order is is a is a whole fucking mess. PlayStation should have yeah. done something. And if you look at it from the other side of the coin, like Xbox is going live tomorrow on the 22nd, and they are going live at a specific time. They clearly did something to talk to the retailers, whether it's scare the shit out of them and tell them if it goes I live early, you're going to die. Or, yeah, I think that was a big part of it. <laughs> yeah, so like Sony could have done something uh, from, a, from their standpoint to make sure that retailers don't break the street date, have some kind yeah. of consequence. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, they are responsible. Like, it's their console. It's egg on their face whenever people can't get it and play it whenever they want to. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I understand why they gave the apology, and I think that they needed to from a PR point, but I do think it's Walmart's That makes a lot of sense. Fucking fault, no, that, so. You're totally right. They, you're right. They should have apologized, but so do the, I think so the retailers as well. But I think you make a very good point. Sony does need to apologize because people look at it as Sony's thing. And it'd be kind of shitty for Sony to be like, we're not apologizing. Walmart, you fucked up. (laughs) That's not going to be a very, like, PR thing to do. Uh, I think the other side of this pre-order thing is I think a lot of people are upset about how this handled. And I think something important to consider is there are going to be a lot of upset people anyway. There's going to be a lot of upset people tomorrow when Xbox launches their pre-orders and they sell out really fast and people can't get them. Uh, This is kind of a normal pre-order thing. But I think that... And it's going to happen. They can handle this better. Like, there was the article that came out today that says 
GameStops are reporting that they only have about half the quantity of Xboxes available than they had for PS5. So, like, when that comes out tomorrow, yeah. they're going to sell out immediately. Yeah. Um, absolutely. What was I going to say again? I forgot. Um, Maybe you're going to transition oh, to like, of, the whole Apple thing? No. Oh, yes, the Apple thing. Yeah. So, Apple does pre orders better than anyone else. Though they sell out immediately, just like a PlayStation 5, but they let people keep ordering and then just say, hey, now you're, if you order, you're going to get it in, in this date range. And they keep extending it up. So and I think that gives people peace of mind. It's kind of like, ah, oh, shit, I didn't get it for like day one, but at least I know that I'm getting it. As opposed to this, like, if you don't get there right now, we're going to cut it off and then no one can, can get one. And we're never going to tell you when they're going to come back again. <laughs> it's like. It's just a really crummy way of doing it. I think it's to create artificial demand so that people go, oh, it's available right now. I don't, I don't fuck it. I'm just going to get it. Um, but I think it's kind of shitty, and I think they need to not do it. It is 100% shitty. And I, I understand the way that Apple does it, and I think that's like... I was going back and forth about it today because I don't, I don't want to go to Amazon or GameStop or Target or whatever it is I'm going to buy my PlayStation 5 and see... Oh, I can still buy it, but I'm gonna get it two weeks late. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want that. I want a day one. And if there's a chance that I can like fucking sit and watch Wario sixty four forever, or I can sit outside of a Best Buy at three in the morning, and that I can get it on day one, then I'm gonna fucking do it. Which I guess with Apple, there still is that chance if you go to a retail store and risk COVID. Yeah. But, but like, but these are fundamentally like different types of products. Like PlayStation Five mm-hmm. provides you a new type of experience you can't get on your current hardware. Whereas most of the time with Apple products, they're incremental upgrades. That, like, it'd be nice to have it that first day to be able to do whatever cool new bell or whistle. But like, you can still continue to use your old one and experience most of the same things. So, well, only Sony believes in generations. That's Microsoft right. doesn't believe in generations. So, right. this is just an incremental improvement that's taken seven years to make. <laughs> well, three years. So I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if I want round ps6 and xbox fuck all to be the same thing that apple does mm-hmm. whenever we come around to the same boat seven years from now but i want us to have fixed it whether it's some kind of like yeah. invi- invite only email thing that sony pretends is a thing or whether it is something completely new and some kind of digital queue system like why can't we why can't, even like buying concert tickets or theater tickets or things like that now when those go on like when i went to go buy harry potter tickets for the stage mm-hmm. show in San Francisco. It's like, you are in a queue of 5,000 people. When it is your time, you will have your choice of seats, blah, blah. Like, why can't you just build a digital queue system like that and mm-hmm. fucking find a way to get rid of bots that are trying to buy up all the consoles ahead of time? Like, I don't know. Money, That's money, my money. wish. That's why. My wish. We have seven years to get our shit together and figure out <laughs> online pre-orders. Because Lord knows we're not going to have physical stores by then. So you can't go and yeah. do that. what you guys were able to do and just drive out to a GameStop and say, Hey, I know you're not supposed to, but are you taking pre-orders? <laughs> <laughs> the positive side of this too is that I feel like just from polls I've seen from like Greg Miller and other people who are gonna have the most you know dedicated fans yeah. of these consoles, it seems like the most of the people who wanted a console were able to get the pre-order. That's know. what it's I've know. seen. There's still a lot of people who didn't. Yeah, if it feels like based on that, that most of the really dedicated fans were able to get it. I'm just saying, so. mine's not coming on day one. Neither of them. Yeah, I'm sorry. And I'm a dedicated I'm fan, damn it. I have 40,000 trillion more times platinum trophies than you do. You know, that's actually fair, because that 
the way that poll is is asked the question is if you got a pre-order or not. So technically, you would be included in that, exactly. but you're not getting it on day one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have a few more things to talk about. Um, do you want to do launch games and kind of how that compares with Xbox Dude, stuff, lunch. or do you want to do talk about lunch games? Let's talk about lunch. So I'm just going to read off the uh, PlayStation launch games, and then both third party and first party. Um, first, starting with first party, Astro's Playroom, which will be just pre-installed on every single. Um, system. So if you are waiting for Demon Souls to download, like someone like me, you'll be playing Astro's Playground in the meantime. Destruction All Stars will be available. I'm excited for that. Was... Yeah. Uh, Marvel Spider Man Miles show. Morales and the Ultimate Edition, both going to be for launch. Sackboy A Big Adventure will be there for launch. That will also be on PS4, like Spider Man. And then some third party games. We have Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Destiny 2 Beyond Light, Godfall, Observer Systems uh, Redo, uh, the Rainbow Six Siege, Watch Dogs Legion, and then technically it comes out the next day, but Call of Duty Black Ops yeah. Cold War. I mean, it's the next day, so it's not like launch day, but it's so close it might as well be. With the install size, you're going to have to start the pre install the day before anyway, so. <laughs> This is uh, I, so that, this might be the first time that we see a console launch with five first-party games. This is the best lineup for a launch I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, period. 100%. And then, like, some um, legit big juggernauts for, like, Godfall is looking fucking dope. Destiny yeah. 2 Beyond Light. Hell yeah, that's bad. I ass. I mean, some of these, obviously, <laughs> Beyond, Beyond Light, Assassin's Creed, Valhalla, Rainbow Six Siege, like... Old games that are updated for new st- new shit. Even though Valhalla, Valhalla is only going to be like three days old, but it's still old at that point. <laughs> um, but no, like to see Godfall on there from Gearbox is huge. To see that support on day one is going to be amazing. Yeah, this is really really good, and it's in addition to all the backlog games that are available on yeah. day one. I feel like this was the move on Sony's part. Was it wasn't even the price? It was you will be playing next gen games at launch. Whereas I feel like that just is, does not exist on the Series X. Not all at of their all. launch games are third party games that you will also be able to play on a PlayStation Five, and in some cases also on an Xbox One and a PS uh, Four. Actually, all the cases. Um, so it's just. Sony really, I, I feel like it's definitive to say now, Sony won the launch. Yep. And, I don't, and I'm not talking about sales numbers. I'm not talking about that. I just mean Mindshare. they have, yeah, Mindshare, the, the games you're going to be playing, having first-party stuff there, exclusive content. They totally nailed it. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a launch lineup where I'm like, shit, I, I just, I can't buy all the games that I want to buy at launch. I just can't do it. It doesn't usually happen. Do whatever you need to do. Sell stock, sell a leg, sell a kidney, let your mom out of the house. <laughs> whatever you need to do to get extra money, <laughs> buy all the launch games. <laughs> I'm going to be getting Demon's Souls and Godfall at launch. That's what I'm thinking. You're... I want to get Destruction All-Stars, but we'll all be playing Godfall. It sounds like we all, and then our kind of our little group, are all going to be playing that. So I feel like, I'm going to do that one. But I do want to play Destruction All-Stars. That looks like a lot of fun, too. I am I am getting Demon Souls, for sure. I am getting Miles Morales, for sure. I am getting... Uh, I'm getting Destruction All-Stars, and I'm getting Godfall. I already have Destiny 2 Beyond Light pre-ordered. Sackboy Big Adventure looks like fun, and I know that Matt's probably going to get it, too, because he likes to buy things that he doesn't like to play as well as me. Um, 
and he doesn't have a <laughs> wife yet, although at the time he will be married. So we'll probably play a little bit of Sackboy together. Yeah. Dallas will still have to ask his wife. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be getting... I'm going to be getting all the first-party games, for show, plus Godfall. I'm going to skip Assassin's Creed. I'm sorry, Brent. It's just too Assassin's expensive. Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Like, I was, I was high on that game, but not as high as everything else that's around it. So, mm-hmm. good luck. <laughs> and I feel like... So, taking the launch now, kind of thinking about... Like, okay, I'll put it this way. So, after this event happened, Microsoft retweeted the list of the third-party next-gen exclusives they're going to have, and they're like, well, I guess it's confirmed. We have more next-gen exclusives than Sony does. And it's like, yeah, but none of those are coming out for a few years, and nobody cares about those games in the same <laughs> way they care about the PlayStation-exclusive games. So, and I feel like it's a big reason why we heard about their Bethesda announced our purchase the day before pre-order starts. It yep. has something to do with it. Um, but it, it, it's, I think Microsoft has, I feel like at launch, they're not going to do as well in terms of the mind share, like we kind of talked about. And I think that might reflect in sales being lower next year than PlayStation 5 sales, which is probably going to happen naturally anyway, just because of the, the install bases currently. Um, but I, I do feel like, Microsoft can turn it around in a few years and really hit heavy with lots of really great games. So I'm excited for Series X still. I don't think anyone who buys a Series X at launch, even if it's in lieu of a PS5, is making a bad choice necessarily. Um, it's an investment in, in the future and trusting that Microsoft's going to have really good things. And I trust that they are going to. It's just that right now, PlayStation 5 is clearly the system to get. Yeah. So yeah, let's go about that back compat. Back compat or lack. So we have now had officially confirmed, even though Ubisoft leaked it last week or the week before, that PS3, PS2, and PS1 games will not be compatible on PS5. Says Logan Moore at Dual Shockers. Ninety-nine percent of PS4 games will be um, available on PS5. I wrote PS4 games will be available on PS4. That's technically true. <laughs> yeah, PT will not be. There you go. <laughs> PT. That's that that's why it's ninety-nine percent. Yep. Yeah. So, are you bummed by this? Or are you not bummed by this? Are you expecting it? This. I'm still not convinced that they won't be on there sometime in the future. But yeah, it's just mm-hmm. like, fucking do it. <laughs> just fucking do it. <laughs> just let me play my whole library of games on one system. Although at this point... I, no, because I have a ton of PS1 classics digitally. I just don't have anything PS2 digital. It's, it can't be that hard. I know the cell mm-hmm. architecture is difficult, but it can't be that hard that PS5, with all that power, cannot emulate a PS3 game. I feel like the engineers who made the cell architecture will probably have an easier time creating emulation tools than people who didn't create the cell architecture. So yeah. they're going to have an easier time than anybody else. So if anyone can do it, it's Sony. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think that will be more of an obstacle for them than PS1 or, Xbox, or a PS2. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can see how this is a bummer. I'm curious if... This is just because they were fo- so focused on PS4 and testing those games because those are probably the games people are going to be playing most when you're talking about backwards compatibility at yeah. the moment, at least. Um, but they wanted to give PS3, PS2, and PS1 kind of a fair shake. Will it just be that they're going to have PS Now has all the first party PlayStation games from like PS1, 2, and 3? And that's why they're holding it back right now because they want that announcement, you know, two years down the line or something. I don't know. But yeah, it's kind of a bummer. And I, th- I feel I like think you're right. Like they had to, they didn't have the giant backwards compatibility push that Microsoft did, where they dedicated a ton mm-hmm. of time and resources to making them all happen. 
and now they were kind of playing catch up and like we, we just got to make sure ps4 works we just got to get that out the yeah. door and make sure it works um and then maybe now that that's done and they can finally breathe and who knows maybe in the next couple of years they'll explore ps3 2 and 1 and it'll work but i hope it does yeah there's no there's no excuse for PS1 and 2. If a PS1 and 2 game can't run on next generation hardware, then we have a problem. So yep. like I think that like they can definitely do it. It's going to happen. Um but overall, I think that they totally killed it. They did a great job. They killed it. Kill him. <laughs> Just rewatched and by rewatched, I mean I listened to the last half of Dumb and Dumber through the wall while my sister was watching it. <laughs> <laughs> And the kill him part came up, and I went, <laughs> I say that all the time. <laughs> As with most things in that movie. That ends our main quest. And begins Game on Game Show, the game on our gaming show where we play a game called Game on the Game on our game show. Game show, game, 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 show, 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 game, 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 show, 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 game. I actually was like, I tried to write out what I say every single time, like what the official script is for that. I was like, wow, it's <laughs> a lot tougher to do than I thought. But it all makes sense. <laughs> Hold in for our game on game show this week. We have another round of now flesh it out. Now flesh it out. We have four yeah. games, and in celebration of Microsoft's purchasing um, Bethesda today, we have four pairs of Bethesda and Microsoft games to see what Ooh. might these two look like if we mashed them up together. What could this new found pairing create? So, Holden, our first pair of games that I would love to kind of dream about what this might be is what if Fallout 4 was crossed with Fable? What might that look like? Hmm. First of all, it's easy. They're both RPGs. Yeah. You could go and I'm the- thinking about combining the worlds. Like, I don't know if you can combine the worlds themselves because they're so distinctly different. Yeah. Or maybe it's a post-apocalyptic fantasy world. That would actually be kind of cool. Like an yeah. apocalypse, but in like a medieval like kind of time. Or even if I they found like some like kind of like science way to explain why you have lightning powers and can raise the dead. And... Mm-hmm. and then it also needs to have a lot of bugs and glitches. Tons of bugs. A lot of reading of the responses. you got to read like three paragraphs to figure out which one sentence you want to say. <laughs> Sounds like a great experience. I also think that um, the whole, like, in Fable, your decisions have an impact on what happens in the story. Mm-hmm. I would like to see more of that in Fallout, where, like, if you... Um, and maybe this is already there and I didn't witness it, but I feel like doing things where, like, oh, you have these four factions to choose from. If you choose one faction, then the rest are your enemies, and you'll never be able to get missions from them. Mm. Like, those decisions have meaningful impact on the future. Yeah. Um, that would be cool. Because I know that some decisions um, play out in Fallout, but I don't think it's as robust as the promises of what fable was going for as we're rephrasing it but i, nice. I feel like that might, no, no, made no, sense no, 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 yeah yeah i am liking this idea though of having a post-apocalyptic world but in a fantasy setting. i think there's actually a lot of really cool possibilities there a lot there. of uh, final fantasy settings just like that i know how much oh, are there? Final fantasy games <laughs> <laughs> then never mind i don't want it <laughs> uh next up we have doom eternal crossed with banjo kazooie 
I thought you were going to do Doom Eternal and Halo. And I, was, I was already kind of setting up like, this is what that could look like. What the fuck? I have nope. no idea what you could do Doom with Doom Eternal, Eternal and Banjo-Kazooie. Okay. Here, actually, I know exactly what it is. Here's what it is. Okay. You're playing Doom, okay? And you have, like, the collectibles and shit that you, like, have to find by doing right. cool parkouring and that kind of stuff, right? And... But you get, like, little factoids each time that you get one of those collectibles. And then in the final mission of the game, you go to a, a game board where you have to answer trivia questions <laughs> about the collectibles as you go further on. That's the crossover right there. there I it love is. it. I love it. Or <laughs> you just fucking start in the beginning area of Banjo-Kazooie where you're learning all the tricks and you just rip Bottle's eyes out of his head and then just like smash him <laughs> in half and then your sister comes out and she's like, oh, 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 oh. You rip her ponytails off, shove them down her throat. Game over. Game over. Next up, we like have it. Wolfenstein crossed with Ori and the Blind Forest. I haven't really played either of them. So, Chad, what do you think? Hold on. You know what Wolfenstein is, and you know what Ori and the Blind Forest is. Wolfenstein is basically better Doom. Ori and the Blind Forest mm, is 2D platforming <laughs> perfection with cute little characters and emotion and heart and light. So, it's <laughs> this is here's the worst version of this game possible, right? Mm-hmm. It's a first-person 2D platform where you just see the line of the world because you're looking at it from a first-person perspective of the character in that 2D world. You don't see the side-scrolling aspect to it. You just see a line to represent what looking down at that world looks like. Okay. okay. Very easy to make. Very light on graphics. You just make some lines and hope players figure out how to navigate those lines. Okay. I want Ori in the Blind Forest... I want that kind of 2D world, the 2D puzzle platformer. I want you to be a robot dog. and <laughs> Me specifically? <laughs> I want Holden Napardo to be a robot dog. No, I, I, want you to, I want the player to be a robot dog, one of the Nazi robot machine discussing horrific <laughs> amalgamations in the Wolfenstein franchise. And um, you are fighting on Hitler's side. And... You were just That's out there. That's a change. Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, scene with Hitler in Wolfenstein 2 is the best, most funniest uh, video game scene I've ever seen. And I was fucking dying through all of it. Um, but mostly I just want to see that don't equate Hitler and Hilarious together. That's oh, interesting. Man. Oh, man. It was so good. It was so good. If you haven't played Wolfenstein 2, then fuck you. <laughs> but that's I just want to play Ori and the Blind Force. You know what? I wanted to be that UB art game, Valiant Hearts. Oh, yeah. Except for, again, just gory and Hitler's in it. Not because I like Hitler. There we go. But just, I think, playing from the perspective of a misunderstood Hitler robot dog is, like, something I could get behind. Because dogs, you know, in general, you, like, you have to root for the dog. Is it like a Jojo Rabbit game, kind of thing? No, 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 no. Well, the Jojo Rabbit's no. fantastic. If you haven't seen Jojo I Rabbit, I actually haven't seen fuck it. Fuck you. You haven't seen it? I haven't, no. You're fucking up left and right. <laughs> I want to. I've heard it's very good. But at the end of the game, you have to get fucking destroyed and demolished because at the end of the day, you're fighting on Hitler's side, and that's wrong. Mm-hmm. At the end of the game, you die, and it's like, okay, justice was served. Yep. Yep. Then we finally have Hell... Not Hell. Elder Scrolls. Before we move on, I have to say, we all know that if you see a Nazi robot dog, you have to punch the Nazi robot dog. Yes. Always punch Nazi robot dogs. Always. Always. Final pairing, Elder Scrolls and Halo Infinite. 
<laughs> well, there's a lot of commonalities already. Poor character models. Yep. <laughs> there, yep. There's one. There's already a commonality. Um, there, I guess a Halo Infinite's open world, so you kind of have that going for it. But I would like a Halo where you just like walk around a fantasy world. Everyone still has swords because it's still Skyrim. But you have a gun and you're just blowing through like a first person shooter and everyone's really confused as to who you are and what the hell is happening. Like we were expecting the Dragonborn, but like what the <laughs> fuck is happening here? You're like, literally just Master different. Chief in an Elder Scrolls game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like the dragon comes and just like, all right, rocket launcher, boom, he's done. That was tough. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know, you're kind of right. You can just you can keep one of the games and for this argument we know what halo infinite looks like now and mm -hmm. we can just keep halo infinite as is and just introduce a ton of jank yeah Done. which it seems like might already be the case exactly this was just the end of game on game show and my excuse to shit on bethesda games everyone <laughs> while also calling out that wolfenstein 2 is freaking fantastic and one of my favorite games um, that's it for Game on Game Show. That is it for this episode of Respawn Aim Fire, episode 179. We have a few things to remind you of. One, go play Horizon Zero Dawn. If you are yeah. playing along with us in the next two months, end of October is when we wrap that up. Uh, as part of our backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends game, or barf game. Go to patreon.com slash respawn aim fire. Give us a buck. Get this wallpaper. Go get some more shit. And uh, vote on what we're going to be playing I guess uh, we'll get back to you on how that works with our Game of the Year games in the end of November and December. Uh, just go there, get some good shit, play game I, night games with us, etc., etc. And yeah, uh, we should talk about how we're going to handle that with next gen. Like, do we want to do more of a next gen focus with that as opposed to going back? There? Oh, well, we need to talk about that. We need to figure yeah, that out. We got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. Until next time, here's our usual sign off. Remember that poop I told you that was just kind of clinging to the end of my butthole and like wouldn't quite come out? And just like, it's it's here. It's here. It's here. All right. You should. This is a good time to end. They're here. <laughs> <laughs>